In today's troubled world, our USA Armed Forces stand ready to protect you, your family, and our American way of life. When veterans return to civilian life, they deserve your recognition and support. You can help put vets to work by donating your car, truck, or van to Patriotic Hearts. Your donation will directly support programs to help vets find jobs or even start their own business. Donate today for fast, free pickup of your vehicle, running or not. Operators are standing by to answer questions about making a tax-deductible vehicle donation. Find out how you can make a difference in the life of a United States veteran. Call 800-209-6482 for 24-hour response. Call 800-209-6482. 800-209-6482. That's 800-209-6482. This is the collision of common sense and comedy. This is Defenders Live. Parents and others are upset over a school's response to graffiti found in a bathroom that threatened to kill white teachers unless more black teachers were hired. The graffiti was found in a girl's bathroom in Upper Darby High School in Drexel High, Pennsylvania, or Hill, Pennsylvania. An image of the graffiti was posted on social media and appears to re-quote, y'all better start hiring some more black teachers or five white ones will die, end quote. The Upper Darby Police Department was alerted about the graffiti on February 28th. The police indicated that they were unsure when the vandalism had actually occurred. Upper Darby Police Superintendent Timothy Bernhardt said that the school had determined that the student who scrawled the graffiti was a developmentally challenged 19-year-old. That according to the Delaware County Daily Times. The student is said to have the intelligence of an elementary school child. I... A 19-year-old in high school is said to have the intelligence of an elementary school child. Why is this individual in high school then? What are they doing there? If, If this person has the mental faculties of an eight, nine-year-old. What are they doing in a high school? Now, I know that people are going to say, well, 
we're talking about the 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 social interactions, the the way this person is on a social level. That's that's the difference. The intelligence, the actual, you know, the ability to do the work, obviously, is is not the problem. I I would disagree. See, we've done everything when it comes to schools based off of the matter of whether or not they can pass these really small and arbitrary tests. I know my son himself, and I'm, I think I've mentioned this before, comes home from school sometimes and and he, he calls them the, that they've been given a test before they move into a new subject or to a new chapter of the subject and and. And I've asked him details about it, and, and what he'll tell me is it's like two questions or three questions, and apparently it's asked to the whole class. And he keeps calling it a test, because that's what the teachers tell him, that it's a test. It's not a test. Test is done individually. No help from anybody else, no cheating, no nothing. You know, and I would argue that three questions are, is not enough to determine how much one has grasped a topic. Now, it doesn't have to be, you know, 100 plus, but a little bit more than two or three. Bernhardt said that the student would not be charged because the graffiti had already been cleaned up by the time the police were notified and because of the student's mental capacity. Quote, Nobody is able to really place the girl in that bathroom at the time other than by process of elimination from a teacher who knows that those special needs students were in the bathroom in that period of time, end quote. Around the same time the graffiti was discovered, the superintendent of the school district had sent a letter to parents asking them to talk to their kids about increased incidents of bad behavior detracting from instruction. Quote, over the past few months, the increase in physical altercations in, on the way to school or on the way home from school while walking in or on our buses, conduct in our schools, and even conduct in the evening and over the weekend has to improve, wrote the Upper Darby School District Superintendent Dan McGarry. Parents expressed the outrage of this response from the school, demanded an incident be taken more seriously. However, they're obviously not going to. It's a little bit silly. The, 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 the teachers are blaming the parents, which in any other situation, they would turn around and say that it's not the parents have no responsibility on anything. Parents have no say in anything. But now, they, oh, they want their parents' help now. They want the parents to come in and do something now. Don't, don't help these kids. As a teacher, we know more about your child than you do. We are the experts. We are going to teach them. We are going to handle it. We know what's right and what they need. You don't. You're just a parent. You're too busy. You've got other stuff to worry about. And I think what's hap- what we're seeing is a lot of people are just saying, okay, fine. Then you do it. And then this is when we have these little snot noses go around and, and act like they have been doing. Beating on teachers and causing scenes and arguments and fighting, not just 
each other because that's always been a problem anyway. But now they're fighting the teachers violently in a lot of cases. And nobody wants to take responsibility for it. Parents have left it up to the schools. The schools are now saying it's the parents' responsibility. And the ones who suffer the most are the kids. Because there's zero guidance in their life, and so they are just acting as any child would. They're not taught, really taught, to control themselves, to to, to act right, how to act how to control emotions, anything like that. They're not taught respect. In the classroom, they're, they're taught to pass a test, and that's it. They're given information and, 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 and tools and what have you to help pass the test at the end of the year, and that's it. They're not really taught the material. And then parents are not teaching their children. They're not raising their children to be respectful, to be uh, productive members of society. They're, they're, they're being told by everybody and their mother, including the school boards, that parents don't have a say in it. The parents don't know anything. The parents have uh, don't have the qualifications and therefore can't possibly understand everything, and there's no point they shouldn't be telling him this stuff and that stuff or the other stuff unless you run into a situation like now. But the thing that gets me about this story is, again, this is, this is graffiti in the bathroom wall. It says, y'all better start hiring more black teachers or five white ones will die, and no one is going to do anything about it. Deranged or no, special needs or no, that's racist, period. But let it have been, let's, let's flip those two um, color descriptions around. What if it had been, y'all better start hiring more white teachers or five black ones will die. What would what what do you think the outrage would be there? What do you think would happen then? What do you think would happen if they knew who did it? Do you think that person, let's say that everything else in this story is exactly the same except for the verbiage. It is about hiring white teachers over black teachers. Everything else is exactly the same. It is still a 19-year-old development challenged individual who is said to have the intelligence of an elementary school child, and there will be no charges brought against them in any way. What kind of outrage do you think would happen? What do you think would go on in in that community? Do you think it would be okay? I guarantee you that it would be all over the media in every every single one of the alphabet soups would be all over it. And it's the lack of consistency that is driving me insane. 
I think that is the one thing about society right now, as a whole, that irritates me to absolutely no end is the lack of consistency. It's okay as long as my team does it and it gets us a point. That's it. It's not okay if you do it. You can't come back on it. You can't do that same thing. But I can. We see this everywhere. Everywhere. In everything. Michael Knowles was at CPAC last, I believe it was last weekend. And he gave a speech referencing at one point talking about transgenderism that has sparked a bit of uh, controversy because, well, to be frank, it's been taken out of context. Now, I'm going to play that, actually. Um, for y'all, that was in, in context. This is Michael Knowles at CPAC. This is the the whole, I, I thought the whole speech, because that's stupid. This is two minutes, so this is going to cover everything, the lead up to it and what he said and, and the little after, to set the stage of, of what's going on. The clearest example of this is the battle over transgenderism. On the one side of the debate, you've got the liberals who argue that third graders should be taught to change their sex in schools. On the other side of the debate, you've got the conservatives who say that we should wait until fourth grade. (laughs) Doesn't seem like much of a difference to me. The problem with transgenderism is not that it's inappropriate for children under the age of nine. The problem with transgenderism is that it isn't true. The problem with transgenderism is that it puts forward a delusional vision of human nature that denies the reality and importance of sexual difference and complementarity. The problem with transgenderism is that its acceptance at any level necessarily entails the complete destruction of women's bathrooms, women's sports, all of the specific rights and spaces that women currently enjoy. There can be no middle way in dealing with transgenderism. It is all or nothing. If transgenderism is true, if men really can become women, then it's true for everybody of all ages. If transgenderism is false, as it is, if men really can't become women, as they cannot, then it's false for everybody, too. And if it's false, then we should not indulge it, especially since that indulgence requires taking away the rights and customs of so many people. If it is false, then for the good of society, and especially for the good of the poor people who have fallen prey to this confusion, transgenderism must be eradicated from public life entirely. The whole preposterous ideology at every level. So there it is. He talks about removing the whole ideology. As he said it several times, ideology. Didn't say the transgenders themselves, which I could go into a 
thing about the whole idea of transgender. I think we've done it at least once before. But anyway, he, he said the ideology, but everybody, including the White House press secretary, Corrine Jean-Pierre, is pushing the narrative that he is calling for the eradication of transgender people. And he's being, to a degree, obviously he doesn't care and he shouldn't. But to a degree, he's being eaten alive. People are attempting to destroy this man over a blatant falsehood. As you just heard on the clip, he never said to get rid of the people. He said the ideology, the thought process behind it. The, and it wasn't even the people as far as adults. Most of the discussion was talking about for children. During her comments to reporters, Jean-Pierre referenced Noel's speech last Saturday when he called for the eradication of radical gender ideology. Several, that should actually say most, if not all, left-wing media outlets, which initially claimed, uh, as Jean-Pierre did, that Knowles had called for the eradication of people, not the ideology, later corrected their reporting. However, Jean-Pierre, in misrepresenting Knowles' words, said the White House must, quote, call out the shameful, hateful, and dangerous attacks that we have been seeing on the LGBTQI community in Quote. You're going to attack a man for a blatant lie that you are spinning. It, quote, it looked or it started with a speaker at a conservative conference calling for the eradication of transgender people, language that not a single national Republican leader has condemned, end quote. That was Jean-Pierre. You're pushing the destruction of an individual... And at the same time, you have no problems with your side saying and doing the same thing at all. Again, what you're pushing is a lie. But you're 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 okay you with with tearing down a man over a lie about where he allegedly and obviously he didn't, um, but saying that the man said that he wanted the eradication of transgender people. I want to know where you're at, White House. I want to know where you're at, uh, John Pierre. Uh, when it comes to Jane Fonda, Jane Fonda, the lovely lady herself was on The View fairly recently. She kind of made a comment. And oddly enough, I have the video slash audio for that too that I'm about to hit the button for. And I would like you to listen. Again, this is a, a whole minute 
thing. This is all in context. Nothing is edited. And you tell me how this is okay. We have experienced many decades now of having agency over our body, of being able to determine when and how many children to have. We know what that feels like. We know what that's done for our lives. We're not going back. I don't care what the laws are. We're not going back. Yeah. The women will rise up. That's the activist. That's Jane speaking. Yeah. And, 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 and she probably will get a Nobel Prize. But it's the truth. Very, very soon. It, it is the truth. But we're I, not going to do it. Besides, besides marching and, and protesting, what else do you suggest? Well, well it doesn't happen murder. overnight. It's not a miraculous... <laughs> what did you say? Murder. <laughs> She's kidding. Wait a second. She's just that, kidding. Don't say that. That's oh, not... you don't know. They'll pick up on that and yeah, just run with it. Yeah, that's the worst. She's joking. just kidding. It's... Well, let me talk to you about... <laughs> Let's move on and talk about Jane's activism. She's just kidding. She's just kidding. You didn't hear how quick Joy Behar was there to defend Jane Fonda over that? She's just kidding. She's just kidding. And if you see the video of this, while Joy is constantly saying she's just kidding, Jane Fonda cuts Joy a look that... Unless you are literally a blind person to not see this video. That's why everybody kind of started laughing there towards the end. Jane had the the most serious look on her face. Cut Joy Behar a look. Cut her eyes at her as in, I'm not kidding. You don't believe me? Go look it up. You got a question? You need to know what you want to have it? Reach out to me. I will send you the video. It's right there to be seen. How can you, where, where, where is the White House on that? And all because she wants to sit there. Jane Fonda hasn't been able physically to be able to have a child in many, many years. She's an old woman. Her childbearing years are long gone. Long gone. And you're sitting here arguing over, well, you leave your years of ability to determine for our own bodies. We want to be able to murder a child. It should be okay. And if we can't, we are so hateful and we have to kill something so badly that if we cannot kill our unborn child, then we should be allowed to kill those who support Ro- or are uh, against Roe v. Wade, those who stand in the way of us being able to kill our child. If I can't kill my child, I'm going to kill somebody. That's, that's what I heard. But nobody is calling her out. Where is the White House on this? Where is all of the uh, MSNBCs and the CNNs and Don Lemon and all these people? Where are they on this? Why haven't they said word one about this? Why haven't any of these people come out and condemned her for this? Because it's someone on their team pushing an ideology on their side. 
It's not about truth. It's not about what's right. It's about consistency. At least it should be. They don't care about what good it is for the people. They don't care about anything for us. It's all about scoring a point for their team. And that's, again, up there with respect, a lack of respect. The lack of consistency is, in my book, the top two reasons why society at large, but America as a whole, is dying. Because we can't be consistent. I've had conversations and arguments with people on Twitter constantly about just, just be consistent. If it's wrong for this person over here to do, then you need to decry it when someone on the other side, on your team arguably, does it too. Everybody wants to lose their minds over the whole uh, uh, January 6th thing. Now, I'll admit that there were, it was a little bit different of a circumstance because there were people with guns and they did cause damage. But it's funny that we've kind of forgotten that it was the left that stormed the Capitol during Kavanaugh's uh, questioning and stuff to get onto the Supreme Court. They didn't have a problem with that. Everybody forgets that. And what was the difference? Or what about all the sit-ins that they did in the middle of, of Congress for all the different... It's okay, because it's their team. And that's what's destroying everything. In today's troubled world, our USA Armed Forces stand ready to protect you, your family, and our American way of life. When veterans return to civilian life, they deserve your recognition and support. You can help put vets to work by donating your car, truck, or van to Patriotic Hearts. Your donation will directly support programs to help vets find jobs or even start their own business. Donate today for fast, free pickup of your vehicle, running or not. Operators are standing by to answer questions about making a tax-deductible vehicle donation. Find out how you can make a difference in the life of a United States veteran. Call 800-209-6482 for 24-hour response. Call 800-209-6482. 800-209-6482. That's 800-209-6482. This is Defenders Live. It is Defenders Live. Follow us on all the social medias at D-O-A-E Show. Follow me on Twitter at Dylan Lyles. Ah, you can find us on iHeart and 
Stitcher and Apple Play and all the fun places you find it. Anchor and Spotify and all that good jazz. Share it with your friends and hell, your neighbors, your enemies. I don't care. (laughs) I'm not upset about that. Energy Department Secretary Jennifer Granholm gushed about China's approach to green energy in Friday's interview, saying she hoped the U.S. could learn from China's approach. China. Remember, China. Granholm made the comments at the SXSW conference in Austin, Texas, during an interview with Wajat Ali, where she discussed her desire to push the U.S. towards net zero by 2050 and remarked that China's investment in green energy was, quote-unquote, encouraging. Encouraging. Ali had introduced the topic by saying that there should be accountability for countries like America and China for, quote, the damage to the world, end quote that he said they have wrought. Quote, how do we hold China and ourselves accountable for what we're doing around the world? End quote. That was what Ali posed to Miss Granholm. She noted how the U.S. was pushing countries around the world to adopt aggressive climate policies and to, quote, make sure that we don't get climate, global warming, global warming happening over, you know, 1.5 degrees, end quote. Again, I don't understand that whole thing, the whole 1.5 degree thing. Because of where I live, especially, the temperature swings a whole lot more than 1.5 degrees. And oddly enough, we still survive. Plant life still survives. Life still goes on. So I I don't understand this whole 1.5 degree thing that they keep wanting to throw out there. And she did make the little slip. I don't know if anybody caught that one, but she called it global warming, not climate change. Gramholm said that some countries were uh, ambivalent towards green energy efforts, but that China had been investing heavily in green energy. Quote, but I think China has done, has been very sensitive and has actually invested a lot in their solutions to achieve their goals. End quote. Oh, dear Lord. Quote, so we're, we're hopeful that, you know, we can all learn from what China is doing. The amount of money that they're investing in clean energy is actually, you know, encouraging. End quote. Critics have accused the Biden administration of being gullible in their efforts to work with China on green energy. 
Quote, I find it utterly remarkable that Chairman Xi Jinping of China and the Chinese Communist Party gives a tinker's damn about the planet's climate or climate change. It is merely a device to engage gullible Westerners into thinking that somehow we can get meaningful cooperation, end quote. That is from Texas Public Policy Officer Frank DeVore. Under Biden, policymakers in the U.S. have continued to focus on making the renewable energy transition despite the geopolitical and economic risks that emerge from a lack of reliable and cheap power sources. By the way, while the U.S. has been pushed to limit energy from coal and gas, China, remember, these are the ones that 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 Miss Granholm is so excited over and she's so pleased. They made such progress in stopping this and in, in going green. Yeah, they've uh, approved coal fire plant construction uh, six times the rate of any other nation combined. While Europe has reluctantly restarted operations at mothballed coal-fired plants amid the loss of fuel imports from Russia. So it's got to a point they, they, that America is pushing so hard for clean energy, pushing so hard to stop global warming, to do all of this stuff, to go into clean energy. They're pushing it to such a degree. The rest of the world is like, we can't do it. And China doesn't give as the, uh, the, the, the public, uh, public policy officer of Texas so eloquently put it, they don't give a tinker's damn. They don't give a flying fig. They don't care. Which should have been evident because of how they treat their people. Who, by the way, most of China, if not all of China, is still under very severe COVID lockdowns to the degree that people have to show ID and COVID passports and everything else just to pass from one little district to another. But hey, you know, they've they are the they're the example to to look to about the going green. They don't care. China doesn't care about their people. They don't care about the environment. They don't care about anything. They're going to do what they're going to do and screw everyone else. Period. Why people like Jennifer Granholm are so enamored by China is beyond me. I don't understand. Because they don't care. Literally couldn't care less about the environment, about their people. They damn sure don't care about you. I mean, why do you think there was that stretched where we were getting all of our... Remember when back in the, the 90s? And that's what I remembered. It might have been earlier than that. But there was that push that, that all of a sudden they started realizing that, that the, all these cheap products we were getting, especially the toys and things like that, coming from China were all like had lead-based paint. Remember that? 
China doesn't care. But you're going to gush over them. You're going to go, oh, this is so wonderful. Oh, my goodness. I hope that we are just someday at the same level as it. Shut up. A nation that treats its people like, like China does, and you're going to think that they give a flying fig about the rest of the world. You are sadly mistaken. What? How you ended up in this delusional world, I don't know, but I pity you. So, I have been bouncing this around. I've been pushing this one off for a bit. Partly because I don't know how much I can actually glean out of it. (laughs) If I'm going to be completely honest. Um... but it keeps popping up. There's still these little things that every now and again, these little twinges of stuff that go, and I feel that I, I need to at least a, a address this somehow. Um, back at the beginning of February, I saw a tweet um, from uh, uh, Ashley St. Clair, um, who... I believe is part of the 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 Babylon B, a uh, couple of other places somewhere out of New York. Um, I think she's part of the what is it the Young Republicans Committee out of New York or some crap all like that. Anyway, she uh, she put a tweet out. Like I said, at the beginning of February, it says, uh, the Trump-DeSantis debate is so cringe. It's diehard cultists versus weird, never-Trumpers. I'm going to vote for that Colorado baker who keeps denying cakes to the rainbow people. And I I started thinking about that as, as we're approaching, very quickly, by the way, election season. Because you know that that's going to be in November, December-ish is when things are going to start rolling in. It's going to start, we're going to start getting hit with the ads, and we're going to start seeing stuff all over uh, the side of the road, the signs and everything else. It's coming. You might as well get ready for it. It's like just when you think we get a break from it, all of a sudden, it's back. And in, I, I, I read this stuff, the comments that, that happen for people on both sides, and I, I, I agree with her to a point that there's a lot of cultivism going on. On both sides, actually. I don't know if I would quite classify it as those who are with DeSantis are never Trumpers. Because there's a reason why they, they, they want him to run for president. But... I don't think it's because it's a never-Trump thing. I have a lot of, of opinions on Trump running, for starters. I think this is a bad idea. I think that Donald Trump running for president in 2024 is single-handedly one of the worst things that could ever happen to our republic. And to me, just shows that he doesn't actually care about people. 
This is what I, I truly believe this. Donald Trump, if he wins, let's say he runs, he does run, he gets the nomination, he wins the presidency in 2024. He can only hold the office for those four years and that's it. And he's done. He cannot be president again. Okay? Let's reflect for a moment on what is the past two and a half, almost three years, what has that been like? For us, for 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 just the uh, the regular everyday people, forget your political leaning, forget the the bent, forget even the the insanity going on amongst ourselves and amongst the people, uh, forget all that. How has your life been? Cost of living's through the roof. Inflation is at an all time high. Your money, your dollar is not worth near what it was before. And again, when you throw in high cost of living, just makes everything worse. Your life has not been, I don't, I, okay, I'm not going to assume yours. I know mine isn't. My life has not been better since Biden has come in and Trump has gone. It's gotten much, much worse. Now, I'm not saying that Trump fixed everything. He didn't. There's a lot of things that he could have done, he should have done, he probably shouldn't have done, all that he did or didn't do. Probably one of my bigger ones happens to is, is the whole adding to the debt. Now, was it for things that I agree for or, you know, would agree on? Sure. But again, not at the risk of raising the debt. But if Trump runs and he wins, the one society is going to implode. You think it's rough now. You think the fighting amongst each other on either side of the aisle is, is bad now. If Donald Trump wins, I would I would bet appendages of my body that it would be the beginning of a literal world or a civil war. Period. If he is elected or wins the nomination and wins the presidency, I one do not believe we will ever see a right leaning of any kind president for a very long time if ever there was a lot of things that went on during the last presidential election it led a lot of people to think that the election was stolen from Donald Trump and and I I'm not going to say either way I will admit that there was a lot of fishiness a lot of things that that made my eyebrow go up or eyebrow go up called in a lot of things into question and there's videos of stuff that I've seen where people were trying to you know in their own small little sections tried to sway things now did their little meddlings 
you know, actually make a big impact? I don't know. I can't say. I'm also not going to sit here and say that that's the only time it's ever happened. I don't believe for a second that it, that there isn't that kind of shenanigans going on for any other election at any other time. To say so would just be asinine. But if he wins the presidency, we will have sure the the life as an individual for us might be a tad better. Cost of living will probably go down. He'll again he'll come in and do like he did last time. He'll treat it like a business, which he's good at, you know, to a degree at running a business. You don't stay as wealthy as long as he has if you're not good at it. But he's also very cowboyish about it. He's very flippant about it. Like I said, the, the increasing the debt just all on his own. He's like, screw it, I'm just going to add to the debt. I'll spend money, who cares? That kind of stuff is, is, is detrimental to us in the long run. And we have to be able to recognize that. But I think that the life... Every day, get up, go to work, come home, take care of your family type life will be a little bit better, I think. Now, the again, the, the divide between people will continue to grow, will get very, very ugly. And then after he has to leave... No matter about there's no more about an election. It's it's he's done his eight term his eight years, his two terms, he's done. We're gonna get somebody far worse than Biden. Biden, arguably, in my opinion, was a a, a is just a white puppet version of Obama. Obama was very much about socialism and, and everything else. Very much a, a, a community organizer, wanted everything to be ran and fed through the government, and, and that's that. On top of the, the, the hatred for Donald Trump. Because, you I mean, remember when the first thing that Biden did when he, his butt hit the cushion of that chair in the Oval Office, started signing away and getting rid of all these executive orders and things like that that was helping the country to a degree. So that's going to happen. But let's back up just a little bit to before then, before the opportunity to get the nomination. I believe Donald Trump is a showman. Again, I think he did a lot of good things uh, as president. A lot of them he surprised me on. I admit that. But he's not God. And there are a lot of people, a lot of fans, who literally worship at the idol of Donald Trump. And with Donald Trump's personality, being the showman that he is, he plays to that. Now, do I believe that DeSantis might be a better pick? Just as strong of an individual, but a better pick? I don't don't know. I don't know. I know that... With what he has been doing in Florida and the hate that he is getting for what he's doing in Florida, 
it's not going to change anything societally. People are still going to hate each other. People are still, the divide is still going to be there. However, I believe that there is an opportunity there that it, things might not be as bad. Because I don't believe, because DeSantis, to my knowledge and what I've seen of him and everything else, is not a showman. Donald Trump has been a showman. Donald Trump has been on TV and he's been, you know, rubbing elbows with all these celebrities and stuff. He's been, that's what he's been as far back as I can remember into the 80s. DeSantis isn't. But the problem with a Trump DeSantis option, pick, or whatever you want to call it, before the, you know, one of them gets the nomination, is you're going to get you're going to get a divide you're going to get a split because you're going to have those who look at Donald Trump as a god who worship at his feet the man does no wrong is the greatest thing since sliced bread the militants and there are plenty of them out there and then Anybody else who votes for DeSantis, whether you call them never Trumpers, I don't know. I don't think, again, I don't think that's fair. Because honestly, if I had to choose between them two, I'd pick DeSantis just because Trump is not, or I mean, uh, DeSantis isn't a showman. He's not about the reaction. He's not about, he, I feel, and I don't know, I don't live in Florida, I don't have, I haven't had experience around him, I, I feel that DeSantis is trying to do the right thing because it's the right thing, not because he's trying to be relevant or trying to make waves or because he's energizing his base. I believe Trump did a lot of that. But with Trump running, we, uh, uh, and if DeSantis gets in, we are looking at a very, very probable uh, situation where neither one of them win the presidency and we're stuck with someone like Biden again or somebody else. Like an AOC or somebody like that. The problem with all this is that, that none of the politicians that are coming into this election season seem to really care about the people. They don't look at the big game. They don't look at the big picture. It's not down, you know, what's coming down the road. It's the here. It's the now. It's the short game. And I think we've been doing that for too long. I think the reason why people worship Trump is because Trump for all of his showmanship, gave people feeling that there was somebody on their side. There was somebody who was fighting for them. The problem with it all, to me, is that I don't think he was fighting for them because he wanted to fight for them. I think he was fighting for them because he was popular. And popularity doesn't have to be mean that everyone like you. Popularity, you could be hated by everyone, that's still a popularity. We need to get back to a point where we're electing politicians who, at the end of the day, best represent us. If you as an individual 
are worshiping at the feet of Donald Trump. Literally, to the degree that it's okay to act out and do things that, because you see everybody else doing it because that's how Trump would act, then I think there's a, a much bigger problem going on than, than any of us recognize. America has been in a, in, a, in a state of turmoil for 20 plus years now. And it's been slowly getting worse and worse and worse. And our fix for it is to dig the trench deeper, to further continue to divide, to, to call names, to be hateful, to ostracize, to just treat everyone like crap. Forgetting the fact that we're all individuals. We all, the only thing that we share in life is that we have a life. Your experiences are not going to be the same as mine. Even if we come from the same place, even if we come from the same background, even if we come from the same level of class and money and everything else, everything else can be identical. Your life is not going to be the same as mine. Your experiences are not going to be the same as mine. Your outlook is not going to be the same as mine. And we've forgotten that. And instead of trying to look at it from someone else's side of uh, point of view, and instead of trying to go, okay, we can agree that this is a problem, how do we fix it? We're not doing that now. It's, this is a problem because I say it's a problem, and if you don't agree with me that it's a problem, then you're the bad guy. Then you're an enemy. Look at abortion. Murder should be fairly easy to point out and say that's wrong. I've mentioned this before. You you have states that are adamant about getting rid of the death penalty for criminals because it's not humane, It's we shouldn't be trying to kill anything, we shouldn't be doing any of this, da-da-da-da. But these are the same states that are adamant about maintaining and holding on to abortion and sometimes going to extreme levels. It doesn't make sense to me. We should be able to point at something and say, this is wrong, and fight over how to fix it. But we don't. We can't even agree what the problem is. We've got a lot of work to do. It'd be behoove all of us to start worrying about ourselves as individuals, getting our ducks in a row, and then trying to proceed forward. Stop treating each other like an enemy. That has just always been, you know, united we stand, divided we fall. Well, guess what? We're falling. And only we can fix it. Follow us on all the social medias at D-O-A-E Show. Make sure you like, share, and follow, and everything else on all the social platforms that you find the show at. Tell your friends. Tell your neighbors. Um, yeah, all that good jazz. You can support the show. Uh, there's a little option, uh, definitely through Spotify. I'm not sure if it's anywhere else. I haven't looked yet. But if you want to help keep the lights on, keep things going, you know, see better things come down the road, with your help, we can do it. 
Just click on that link. A lot of other things planned down the road. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see y'all next time. Bye, y'all.